What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Mike Janela Show. I'm Mike, your host. Obviously, this is my 60th podcast episode. Hopefully, won't be my last. And we have a good one. I This is obviously some audio for you guys, some high-quality audio. And so on the show with me this week, that's all she does is deliver high-quality audio to people throughout the central New Jersey and the Boston areas. She is uh, one of the hardest-working hustlers in the game, an FM radio personality extraordinaire, Carmen Shea. Hi, Carmen. Hi. <laughs> How, you're, so, you're so busy. We're going to talk about your schedule, but, yeah, you're, you're living in, in Philly or Jersey. You're working in Jersey, working in Boston. So, A, thanks for taking the time to chat with me. This is really cool. No problem. So Carmen uh, works for uh, 94.5 PST in New Jersey on the FM side, and then also 103.3 Amp up in Boston. So anybody listening from those markets that may know Carmen from uh, her her stylings on the radio in your market, thanks for joining along. And Carmen, we're going to ask you all about what your work is like and how you got to where you are and all that fun stuff. But I start every episode with every guest, no matter what, the same way. I ask you, what's the best thing to happen to you this past week, it can be anything, professional, personal, won the lottery, whatever. So what is it? This past week, I went to the Made, Amer- Made in America Festival in Philly, and it was really, really, really dope. Were you there for work time. or there for fun? Um, well, PST actually did have a tent there, but I was there for fun. <laughs> I wasn't working. <laughs> nice. Then you can enjoy it a little bit extra. Not that you don't enjoy it when you're working, but you can... You can relax without exactly. having to do any responsibilities. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's a big one. I mean, I was hearing commercials for that and spots for it all the time. It sounded like it was a great show. So you can confirm it was incredible. It was definitely – even though it was pouring rain and I just like sat in the pouring rain waiting for Jay Cole, but it didn't matter. It was fun. I had a good time. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed. And now if someone asks you this question next week, you can say that – Coming on my show was the best thing that happened to you after the Made in America Festival. So I'm just trying to help you out. Thank you. <laughs> Duly noted. All right. All right. Let's get out of business, though, Carmen. So I mentioned uh, the two places that you mainly uh, you know, get your bread buttered at PST and AMP. And you do a bunch of other stuff we'll get to as well, I'm sure, on the side. But what's the schedule like for people who don't know? Because uh, you're, you're doing weekends in one, weekdays in the other, right? So what's, what's a week in your life like? Um, so I'm on the radio from 10 to 3 every day, every day, Monday through Friday, um, at PST and we broadcast central New Jersey and to Philadelphia as well. So, um, basically I get up in the morning, I drive to PST, I like prep my show. I like basically look up all the entertainment news that's going on and like prep it and see what like I want to talk about in certain areas and um I just go on and I do my show like accordingly and like try to broadcast that to everybody and like contest and whatever else they need me to do and that's really like my everyday like Monday through Friday weekends um it's a it gets a little tricky because I have to drive like five hours to Boston and I, I literally, like, drive there. I get, like, no sleep, and I, like, go on air. But I love it because Boston's my hometown, and, like, I get to broadcast to people, and I get, like, text messages from my friends, like, that they heard me, so that's awesome. And then I have to get in my car and drive all the way back over to Philly. So that's it's wild. a lot of work. Yeah. That is hustle. So 
after so when you're done on what Friday, you just jump in the car, head up to Boston, and then after you're done Sunday, just turn it right back around. Is that you kind of cut it even closer than that, or is that usually how it works? So it gets a little bit more trickier because I also work in nightclubs. So I do bottle service like on the weekends, and there, like, it gets me like so. My typical Friday would be like, here's the weekend schedule. So Friday, I'll be working, and then normally I have, like, an appearance. Like, sometimes we make, like, appearances, and we'll go to bars or, like, wherever they need us. If it's, like, a special event, like something like Made in America or something, so we'll do an appearance. So I normally have an appearance on Friday afternoon, and then I, like, got to go to the club and work. And then I got to get up and do it again on Saturday. And then, like, I work in New York in the club, so I have to, like, drive from New York really late at night sometimes not every week but really late at night in the middle of the night I drive from New York to Boston sometimes I like have time for a nap like one like a few weeks ago probably like a month ago now I like had to do that and then I had to go on air from like 10 to 2 so I slept like an hour or two and then I went to like this Jason Derulo pool party that was like all afternoon and then I have to like drive so like little things get splashed in there like that all the time and it gets like it gets to be a lot, but it's definitely worth it. Word. Like, when do you sleep? It just doesn't happen. It's, that's crazy. Um, Never. <laughs> oh. But I guess if you like what you're doing, then it's, it's worth it. Like you say, the payoff is there. Uh, quick side question, side note. What's a Jason Derulo pool party like? That was pretty fun. So I'll say I had a good time. He showed up, and, like, the girls definitely swarmed over to his VIP tent. So I didn't really, like get to like hang out with him as much but um we did a little bit he came over um to like behind the dj booth and hung out with us so that was cool and i got to take a selfie with him so that was pretty awesome too (laughs) that's all you need you don't even have to hang out with someone just long enough to get the selfie and that way it's on the gram forever and you're good yeah i met him before actually it's so funny because i have a like a picture with him like this it, it looks the same like the same exact picture except we look older and like my hair isn't blonde anymore it's like brown and he has like his crazy hair going on and before it was just like a clean cut so it's kind of funny oh, so that's how you guys know you have a history now multiple pictures looking <laughs> different you can put that exactly. you can put that on the on the carousel Exactly. <laughs> so, so that's how you do your life in terms of just physically getting from place to place, right? Monday to Friday, you're doing Jersey. Then you do your, your night, middle of the night driving when the roads are empty, yeah. I'm sure. Um, I, I want to talk to you more, too, about the prep that you do on a daily basis. But before we get to that, I'm, I'm really curious, too, how much you have to change your style or your prep based on where you're broadcasting. Like, do you have to change – the references you make when you're in Jersey on the air versus Boston, like how local do you keep it? Do you use different slang on purpose? Because that really fascinates me where I know if it was me and I'm on Friday talking in Jersey and then I overnight I have to drive up to Boston, I don't want to make you know a, a Yankees or a Mets joke in Red Sox country or vice versa. I can get in a lot of trouble. No, you don't. So how, do you, how, do, how do you do that or, or to what extent do you deal with that? Uh, so I definitely noticed that people take jokes differently in different cities. So I will say that for sure. I actually used to work in upstate New York in Albany and I was on a hip hop station there. So I definitely have to use different lingo, like broadcasting there. And I never really mention, I try to keep like 
the fact that I'm from like Boston out of my mouth if we're like talking about Yankees because people get really offended by that and I will never ever crack a Yankees joke in Boston because that'll be the end of me because but... <laughs> you want to make it out alive exactly yeah exactly they take that very serious in Boston <laughs> and so like over here I definitely have to like um yeah I don't ever really sometimes I slip it out like I'm a Patriots fan but like not so much because I know how people go hard like for like the Giants and like down here. So I definitely try to cater to the crowd and I definitely try to like keep it local if I can because normally broadcasting and radio like they want live and local talent because if they didn't have like live and local they could just hire somebody to voice track out and, or get a syndicated personality or something. So the reason why they do hire live talent still is because they want everything live and local. So I definitely try to touch on that when I'm, like, in whatever area that I'm in. But Boston, I'm more loose, like, and I'm more reckless, like, at the mouth, and I'll, like, crack jokes and stuff. <laughs> but I, they don't take that lightly here. So I, like, just have to kind of feel it out as I, like, start at a new station. But, yeah, definitely wouldn't crack a Yankees joke in Boston. Yeah, <laughs> Worth yeah. of wisdom. And you can crack Patriots jokes in the Jersey market because the Giants beat them in two Super Bowls. So everyone's okay with that. It's it's all right. But I don't want the backlash on me <laughs> nah. and people talking about me. <laughs> it's better safe than sorry, for sure. Exactly. <laughs> now, what about – so specifically, because you, you were talking a lot, right, about the kind of stuff you choose to say or not to say or how to handle – what you what you bring up on the air or even earlier the research into the entertainment news of the day stuff like that how much of that is is you you know planning um, for people who may not know how radio stations work they don't know about program directors they don't know about you know producers you may have so how much is you saying all right before this song we're going to talk about this story or we're going to play these songs in a row or we're going to run this contest like what are your responsibilities versus how much is it a team that helps you out whether it's at one station or the other so the music is definitely people think i choose what music to play and like people will call me for requests and stuff but like i literally have no control over the music that is out of my pay grade so that's like somebody's a total different job. That's a music director or program director's job. So they accordingly with like record label reps and they just like, it's just a whole nother like ballpark. And so they chat with them about what song they want to have this many spins or if they promise this artist this many spins. Like if we play like some big old artist or whatever, like an A-lister, we promise to give them a certain amount of spins. If we give them a certain amount of spins, they'll give us, like, um, maybe somebody who's on the same record label. Like, I don't know, like, um, I don't know who's on what label, but, like, say we had, like, if say if Taylor Swift and Fifth Harmony were on the same record label. So, like, they would give Taylor Swift a certain amount of spins. And then we'll give Fifth Harmony at a a show that's sponsored by us type of thing. So that's how they kind of work out those deals a little bit. And then also like just obviously what's in the top 40 and stuff. Cause it's top 40 station. But um, me, I, they basically tell me where to talk at least for PST. So I kind of know my show cause I have the same hours every day where I'm supposed to talk and stuff. So when I come in, like I know I have like five breaks that's like, going to be in my 10 o'clock hour so I know I'm going to do like my intro and talk about like if I have 
Rihanna tickets I'm giving away. I'll just know to tease that at the beginning. And then, like, maybe we'd have, like, we have content breaks and we have liner breaks. So, like, um, for content breaks, like, that's where we can throw our personality in. And, like, I always, since I have the time slot I do, I feel like people are listening in, like, going to work or in their office already. So I love to bring, like, tons of entertainment news, like, whatever happens, like, with, like, basically a preview of what TMZ is going to, like, play later. Um, so we might have our own lo local contest and say, like, this is going on, or we have, like, something called The Last Call, like, so we'll do station promos, basically, and then we'll do, I'll, like, I love doing entertainment news, that's, like, my specialty, and I love to do teasers, because it definitely keeps, like, like, the listener, like, oh, what happened in, like, 10 minutes? Like, I'll tell you what happened in 10 minutes. And they'll, like, feel like they'll want to stay for another 10 minutes to find out what happened to whoever. So and I think um, that's basically how I prep it. And I think people have the misconception that you really can't do that anymore because, oh, I'll just go look at it online. But I would imagine you see this, that there's people, they can't get to their phone or they're at work, like you said, or they're only listening to you on headphones while they're busy doing other stuff. So this still is a successful strategy for you, teasing stuff out like that when theoretically yeah. you can find anything online in a, in a minute right now? Well, another one of my tricks is if I'll say like, so if you watch the VMAs, I just did this break um, last weekend. So if you watch the VMAs, like if you saw like they that Camila Cabello, they try to like push her off, like have her fall back off the stage so Fifth Harmony could stand as four people instead of five. But the way they did it, they kind of did her a little dirty. And so I was like, oh, you want to know? Oh, and I, I said, oh, they're like explained why they did it. And if you want to find out, you got to go to WPST.com. So people are probably like, oh, my God, what happened? Like, I know as a listener, like, people, I've heard other people do that. And I'm, like, literally just on my phone. I'll go to the website to find out what happened. So, All right, so, so you're taking, it works for me. Yeah, so it works both ways. You're taking advantage both of listeners <laughs> sticking around, but also you can send them to a different platform where you can, you're still getting them to come to you in some shape or form. Yeah, exactly. I have, like, little tricks I do. Uh, I'm sure it comes with the territory. Um, <laughs> so I, w I was going to ask this question, but I, I think you already answered it. I was going to ask the biggest misconception people have about the job, but would you say that it is people think you pick all the music to play? Yes. Like I have people growing up who like that I grew up with that like want to be rappers or musicians or whatever. And Yo, like, put me on the air, please, please. <laughs> yeah. And then they get mad at me when I like don't want to answer them because I'm tired of telling people I can't do it. And like I'm like, listen, I work on a top 40 station. Is your song in the top 40? Then you cannot play it. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> that is savage. And, That's a savage response, though. <laughs> That's what I go for now. I'm like, if you want to do it now, go viral. That's, like, my only, like, suggestion. Because, like, other than that, I get signed to a record label. Because, and people get mad at me, too. They get really, really mad. And they think that I'm, like, trying to, like, be rude or whatever. Like, no, I'm not. Like, I just cannot. Like, I can't help you. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> It's just you trying to be real and straightforward with them. And they have to learn to take, exactly. that, take that bitter pill. I talk where I'm, like, told to talk. And I put my own information <laughs> there. Like, exactly. Yeah. How much, how much creativity can you have? Because... 
like morning shows are one thing, right? It's four hours. It's the the old morning zoo kind of format. You guys, they can go like on longer rants because they're not playing as many songs or as much music. You may get what like ten seconds sometimes max, right? Where you have to get in, get your stuff in, and, and be out. So how much do you feel you can sort of be free and be loose versus oh, I just got to get this information out as quickly as possible? That's definitely the new technique that I would say program directors are looking for. They want in and out. They want to get back to the music immediately. So um, it's harder to actually talk in a short amount of time than have a long period to talk, I've noticed. Because when you have a long period to talk, you can babble, 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 babble and talk, you know? It's like you have 10 seconds and you have 10 seconds to say what you got to say, make it fun, make it entertaining and like possibly like, you know, crack a joke in there about something. And you have to do that in 10 seconds. And like, I know a lot of people tell me like, oh, I can do that. That's easy. I can go on the microphone and talk. I'm like, when you hit that on air button, you're going to be shitting yourself because you don't even know how many people you're actually talking to. And you have to say what you got to say in 10 seconds. Like, cause you can't step on the beginning of the song. So it is kind of, I feel like it is more pressure to get it out. Like, in that amount of time because you have to like make it entertaining so like it's definitely more of a challenge i would say than a morning show so to be creative like that's what they want in like um on air talent they definitely want like someone who can be able to be entertaining in that amount of time and it's kind of hard to be creative so you got to always splash your own like I always say, like, my friends who always ask me for advice, too, who want to be on air, like, I always tell them, like, don't try to be funny or, like, something that you're not, like, how another personality is that you look up to because the reason that it's, like, a personality job, it's because it's your personality. So you have to be able to splash, like, whatever you can, like, of your own personality, like, on that like content break that you're saying like whether it be like making fun of an artist or whatever but so that's what I use to be creative I just use my own like personality and like splash it in there see this is why I do podcasts because I can ramble on for as long as I want <laughs> I don't need to be out in 10 seconds it's it's more, more for my personality it's way easier it's way, way easier no one in my ear telling me that I have to wrap up <laughs> Uh, you mentioned something else too, because uh, again, I don't know how many people are listening here that maybe don't know anything about the industry. Maybe it's some of your fans who don't know what it's like on that side of the mic. Uh, something you mentioned very briefly, how you have to get in and out before you step on the songs. I know people are always asking, and they used to ask me back when I did some radio like in college, like, how do you know when you have to be out? You just know all the songs that well, like when they start singing, but there is actually some technology that helps you do that, right? Yeah, there's a countdown. Like, you can look on the screen. Sometimes I don't even need it, though, because, like, I hear the same thing over and over and over right. again. Like, all these songs I know by heart. So sometimes, like, I've been doing it for, like, quite some time to the point. So I do look at the clock sometimes because there's a countdown. Like, say this, the break is 10 seconds. In the like nine, eight, seven, six, like, there's a countdown. And, like, depending what, like, software you use, too, because, the software we use at PST is different from Amp Radio. And, like, so it's just the software. But there's always normally a countdown. But sometimes you can honestly just feel it. Like, sometimes I have a live mixer when I'm on air in Boston. And I did when I did the afternoon show upstate New York. Like, and sometimes you literally 
like you can tell when they're trying to like play the song and you can feel it and you can kind of start to hear it and you just know when to rap like so it's definitely repetition i would say yeah after or, like being able to feel it yeah, after you've heard uh look what you made me do for the thousandth time in the first week it's been out you kind of know yeah. when it's time to get out for that drop <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so why, and we're going to get, I guess, a little more existential now. We've talked some specific stuff, and now I want to talk to you a bit more on a macro level. Why FM radio? There's so many different ways people can consume music these days and their audio content. FM radio, one of the longest standing ones here, and some people may think, oh, that's on the way out, but it still does very well. You know, numbers nationwide and in local markets are very impressive. So for you, what is it about... I guess, terrestrial radio, old school radio that's appealing to you as a young woman? Well, when I first went to like college for like broadcast journalism, I really, really wanted to be like a VJ, like on TV, like as like, you know, on TRL type of thing. And that was like my dream job because I went to an episode of TRL when I was like 15, maybe. And I was like, oh, my God, like I need to do this is so cool and then I like did a lot of research on different like and they don't really have VJs anymore like that but I noticed that like um I started looking up a lot of people's backstories and stuff and I noticed they all started on the radio of course the business is like way different now but like I've always listened to the radio I've listened to the radio since I was like probably like three, four years old. And I literally would take my brother's like tape player and I'll put a blank tape and I would make my own tapes off the radio and stuff. So I've <laughs> yeah. always been into radio. So like, I mean, when I like got the opportunity and I like really realized how people like get on to like be a VJ, they don't technically need to, but like a lot of the personalities that I like see that were VJs, like Lala Anthony, like she um she was started in radio and so didn't like ryan seacrest which he's still on the radio but um right all the time he, he's always somewhere on either a tv or a radio no, yeah carson daly was the same way oh yeah yeah you know exactly. better than anybody you interned for for ryan seacrest I too. Interned for ryan, so i got to see everything firsthand which is pretty cool but yeah so that's how i kind of got into radio and then like I really love it because I love music and it's just like a cool job. Like I get to talk about entertainment news all day. I can watch like interviews that other people would get like in trouble at work for watching <laughs> and right. it's just me doing research. So that's why. And I don't think FM radio is ever totally going to go out because at the end of the day, like um, in your car, that's what you do. There's other platforms like Sirius and stuff, but like, there's heritage in like FM radio, like you like listen, grew up listening to PST. So like, you know, and it's just something that like you can turn on because you're so familiar with it because you grew up listening to it. So I think at the end of the day, people who like live and local and stuff like FM will never go out because it's more relatable sometimes than a syndicated show. Like, so yeah, people want to hear stuff that's happening in their hometown and, like, personalities that they'll see out, like, on the street and stuff like that. So um, that's why I like FM radio. You, you stole my next question because I was going to ask you to basically defend FM when people can listen to 
you know, an iHeartRadio app or a Pandora playlist or Sirius XM channels, like why would they still sit through this old method? And I like I have my reasons. I still prefer listening to the FM radio, but I think a lot of what you hit on is it's exactly right. I like I like knowing there's someone real that I can relate to that's from my area or at least in some of your cases or some other cases, is getting to know my area. But they're there. I know that it's someone real. They're looking outside their window and seeing the same weather as me today, and we're all listening to the same song together. I think that's that's something very appealing about that, especially nowadays as everything splinters. I think that old sense of community, even if it's just listening to top 40 music, is super important. Yeah, and I feel like you're going to get the same thing on Sirius as you're going to get on like FM. If you like top 40 music that's what you're gonna like you can hear it it's the same music everywhere so i mean like when people get in their car like they do have that but they always like i would guarantee like a lot of people still go to their fm dials even if they don't know the exact station because they don't listen like that they'll flip through and they'll land on it like so it's gonna get heard one way or another i feel like yeah, no, I, I like. It. I'm also a giant old man trapped in a sort of young man's body, but still, I feel like I'm I'm not the only one. Obviously, you feel the same way. Um, so I, I think FM is in some capacity definitely here to stay. So is so you you mentioned you got into this because you wanted to eventually be a, a VJ, RIP that term because yeah, I think uh, that those days have come and gone. But is that still your goal? Is to it's to move to something? visual or something bigger or are you just hoping to get like a like a national show of your own syndicated on radio like what are your career goals um well i definitely would like to do that in the future like definitely be like a tv host that's like definitely one of my goals to reach i always told like every time people would hire me for jobs i'm like what's your dream job and i always tell them that i want to be the female ryan seacrest because he does everything and like I said like I saw everything firsthand like he does the radio still which I would still like always love to do and like he had like American Idol when I was there he was hosting E he was doing all the red carpets like he's producing shows and like he has his own like Ryan Seacrest Foundation like and his own like production team so like, I definitely want to do something like ultimate, ultimate dream career goals like that. But it definitely is going to take a little bit of time because there's a lot of steps in between. But uh, yeah. yeah, even when you get there, it takes a lot. Um, just knowing how much that guy does, it's crazy. Um, and you do anyone who and I, I wasn't following you on Instagram before, but I started to it on Twitter to do research for this podcast. You that old saying, "Oh, you've got a face for radio. That's where you belong." That does not apply to you. So I think you will succeed in a visual medium <laughs> some way down the line. Best of luck uh, in getting there. Best Ryan Seacrest story. Do you have one off the top of your head? Um. Yeah, he's. I don't even think he still knows me to this day. He is just so busy. <laughs> I was like his. He has so many. Uh, interns i mean uh assistants like and where the interns like are under him but even though i would like bring him coffee every single day he still looked at me like i know you from somewhere but 
Where right. do I know you yeah. from? Like, <laughs> you look familiar. I don't know why, but you do. <laughs> That's so funny. I actually met Randy Jackson there. And I bumped into him probably like a few months later. And I like I met I saw I bumped into him in LA and we had a really long conversation. And he was with his daughter. They were like glasses glasses shopping and his um his daughter said the same thing to me that he always gives her this look like I know you from somewhere like <laughs> where do I know you from like wow I'm like oh my god I can relate <laughs> even even her that's crazy yeah oh. but I did some cool stuff in there like I got to update his iPod like that's a big deal for for, for a guy in his position yeah like it was I did some cool stuff in there I would say but. Yeah, I remember just like overhearing stuff mainly because he is just, he was really never in the office. He was just basically like in and I have a meeting here. I have to take a flight here and shoot this little two second clip for American Idol and then like, you know, bounce somewhere else. So right, just, just, al- just always moving, always moving. Exactly. Uh, well, that's that's the life you have waiting for you if your female Ryan Seacrest dreams do eventually <laughs> come true. Uh, what about the industry? And I, we're going to get to our last couple segments here, um, but last question for you in terms of this larger uh, career that you're in. Where do you see radio in the next five years? I think you're seeing a lot more nationally syndicated shows now, a lot more homogenization. So what are some of the big changes you're expecting in your field over the next five years? Uh, um, um, At this point, like I don't even know. Because like, I work for CBS Radio, um, that's what Amp Radio is under, and um, they're merging. They just merged with Entercom, so I have like no idea. Like iHeart, they're like a whole nother like animal, and they have like a lot of their personalities are like definitely syndicated, and they have their big festivals and stuff like that. So I would say for iHeart, definitely more syndication. So a lot of personalities probably aren't really going to have jobs like that. Like, it's just like kicking them out. Like for CBS, I don't even know where it's headed, honestly, at this point. I think that FM radio will never go away, especially CBS stations love like live and local talent. Like sometimes I get to pre-record my shows on the weekend here, but like at AMP, every single thing is live. It has to be because it's union. So I don't really know. It might be like the same. I'm not sure. I have no idea. It's very unpredictable. So I'll say that. You'll be there for the ride. Your one prediction is that yeah. you don't know what's you, what you can predict. I'll dig it. Yeah, exactly. And that's something I've definitely learned because I've like been living somewhere and then the next day I get offered a job somewhere else and they want you there like in tomorrow. So like <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely unpredictable. I'll say that. Well, can't wait to see how it all shakes out. Uh, all right, Carmen, last couple of segments. I do these with every guest, too, no matter who they are or what they do. Uh, the first one, maybe this is easy for you since you do this yourself. You're on air all the time. It's called Turn the Tables. I let my guests ask me a question about anything they want. So you don't have to, but I like to make that opportunity available. So if there's anything you want to ask me, now's your chance. Don't blow it. Who is the most famous person that you've interviewed? Uh, there's been a good amount of them. Uh, I would say it's either a, well, it's a tie because you never know someone who's famous to me may not be as famous to you or vice versa, right? But either Snoop Dogg, 
LeBron James or Alex Trebek. I'd say those are the top three in some order. And what is your dream job? Hey, you get one question, not two. What, what, this is my <laughs> show, not your show. Um, no, no, it's funny because I always joke too. It's like, uh, you know, because Ryan Seacrest, we talked about him a lot on this show, right? Even though it's this mm-hmm. episode's about you. But he, he's he's that kind of guy where I've often pointed to people and it's like I want to be, you know, the next generation of him or, or the next version of him because someone like him or even a Jimmy Fallon or in my case for sports, when I, that's what I grew up doing sports, right? It was like Bob Costas. They do everything. They can do radio, TV. They can do different kinds of music, different kinds of sports, uh, host the Oscars, do reality shows, like everything, right? So when you're looking for a career goal, why not just pick a guy or a girl who does everything already? That way all your bases are covered. So that's kind of what, I, what, what I've always tried to do. And, exactly. Uh, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Yeah, that's why I like doing this stuff, you know, talking to you, doing podcasts, but also doing video and all that kind of stuff. And I know you do the same thing, not just your your FM radio gigs, but doing, you know, bottle services or hosting, or I'm sure you've dabbled in some acting before and too, right? So you got to, got to diversify that portfolio. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a smart thing to do nowadays. Um, all right, Carmen, last segment, it's called the fun five. I ask uh, five quick fun questions designed for you and you alone. Feel free to answer these in as much or a little depth as you want, but let's go. Number one, if you could only listen to one artist, on repeat for the rest of your life, who would you pick? Ooh. Individual uh, or group, either one. Oh my god, because it always changes for me. Um Today. This is our time capsule of uh September 2017. What's the current answer? Uh oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. I feel so much pressure. <laughs> I would probably go, I want to say Drake, but I'm kind of getting sick of him because I do not like his new stuff as much as his old stuff. So I'm going to go with an old school artist who always delivers, Mary J. Blige. There you go. I, old school is better for that kind of question, right? Because you know yeah. you already have a, a guaranteed <laughs> amount of stuff you already enjoy. So that's a good good call. Number two. We've mentioned some people you've already met uh, as part of your work uh, in this course of this episode. Who is the best-looking singer, male or female, that you've met in real life? Singer? Like you, um, yeah, you, you saw them in real life and you were like, wow, yep, I get it. I've seen so many people. I lived in L.A. Oh, my God. Uh... I saw J-Lo, probably J-Lo, because she never ages and she'll always be good looking, I guess. That's exactly the words out of my mouth. I've never met her or seen her that close, but I've heard and you see online, she doesn't get old. She gets younger, I think, by the year. So Exactly. I believe it. Now, we have an eyewitness right here on the show confirming that. J-Lo. (laughs) J-Lo. Question number three. First CD you ever bought, what was it? Mace Harlem World. Oh, such a good one. Old school. I was just talking about that last night, too. Oh, were you? It's a classic. Yeah. Yeah, wow. it is. And it was so crazy. My favorite song on there, Tell Me What You Want, is um, the guy who is my 5 o'clock mix DJ in Albany. He's nominated for a Grammy for help producing that song. And, like, he's my coworker. And, I like, he was on my first ever album I bought. Isn't that crazy? You were like, you don't understand my worlds are colliding. You made you made young me go crazy. That's really I cool. I know. <laughs> it's insane. I can't even – I still can't believe it to this day. 
Oh, I still can't. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, I love a, love a good Mace throwback. He, he his career was too short. I know he had his personal reasons for getting out of the game, but Mace, appreciate all you gave us in the late '90s and early 2000s, man. Yes. <laughs> Question four: Best concert you've ever attended, either for work or personally? Oh, I went to so many concerts. Uh, let me think. Let me think. Uh, probably like. Oh, I can I do two? Um, I'll make an exception. You can do two. Okay. My first ever concert was so cool. I was 14. I went to the Ladies Night Tour. It was Missy Elliott who opened, Alicia Keys, and then Beyonce. And it was those three, and they toured. It was Damn. crazy because the same guy I just told you about with the maze, um, he was nominated for a Grammy for that. Um, he was actually DJing because he was Alicia Keys DJ. For 11 years, and he was at my first concert ever DJing inside the TD Garden in Boston. This guy is your guardian angel. He's like your your music guardian angel. He's just been with you along the whole way, all these steps. I swear. (laughs) It's so crazy. Well, that, and then I also went to, like, my first ever EDM concert, which is called Electric Sounds House, and I actually worked it. It's when I first got on air for Amp Radio, and I was, like, half on the radio, half still in street team. And I, um, it was Duke DeMont, Zed, and Calvin Harris. And it was so cool because I got all the behind the scenes, like access and stuff. And I got to see this sick show and I got to meet everybody. So it was really awesome. So those two, it's like a tie. (laughs) And two very different experiences, I'm sure, based on the kind of music and the crowds that were there. So you got a nice little little balance. All right, last question in the Fun 5 car, and then we're going to let you go. You've seen a lot of concerts. You just said it yourself. You've seen a lot of artists perform. But if you can go back in time and see any act of all time in their prime live, who would you want to go see? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> um, oh, my God. I feel like I've seen everybody. <laughs> Uh, I'm talking oh, like even like Beatles, Michael Jackson, like anybody, all time. I want to see um, – I've seen Nas, but I love Nas, and I would see him again like at a younger age because he's just so talented. Like, And he just speaks the truth and just cares about like the community and stuff, and like he's just like a dope person. So I would say Nas. Nas uh, – young Nas at the top of his powers. That's the ticket you're taking. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. I love it. Uh, representing Queensbridge. I used to live like uh, a five-minute bus ride away from there. I would go past it every day. And, yeah, the love for oh, William wow. is still there in the community. You're right. It's awesome stuff. Uh, all right, Carmen. Well, I'm going to let you go because you are busy, and I don't want to keep you much longer. So let everyone know where they can find you online, social media, when they can listen to you. Where can they get more of you? Um, so you can listen to me on 94.5 PSD if you're in the Philadelphia Central area every day, weekdays, 10 to 3. And, um, you can hear me in Boston on Amp Radio, 103.3 Amp Radio. And I'm on like just randomly, like different times on the weekend, but you'll, you'll hear me just listen to me on the weekend there and um instagram at she's dope official s-h-e-z-d-o-p-e-o-f-f-i-c-i-l and um twitter at i am carmen shay is i am carmen h-s-i-e-h so 
those are like my social contacts. And awesome. that's really it. Sweet. Well, got to definitely uh, co-sign that, follow her, take a listen, take a look, and hopefully when she blows up and is that next female Ryan Seacrest in five years, you're going to say you heard all about her here first. So, Carmen, I appreciate, you, appreciate you taking the time. <laughs> no problem. Thank you. All right. Stay on the line. We'll wrap up after this. But, guys, make sure to visit MikeJanella.com, too. I will have links to all of Carmen's handles and where you can find her in case you didn't jot it down. You can also listen to all previous episodes of the show and find out information on the great outro music that you're hearing right about now. For now, though, for Carmen Shea, my name is Mike Janella. Thanks for listening, guys. Make sure to subscribe, download, rate, find us wherever you listen to podcasts, and tell your friends to listen, too. Thanks for listening this time. We'll try and do better next time. See ya!